0: You know, twenty twenty was such a shakeup in so many ways, and like it never occurred to me that I could really do this work from home. I just, I mean, my parents are both teachers. I was an instructional coach when I came when I stayed home uh, after maternity leave. Like, I just everything in my mind was this is the path, and this is what I'll be doing forever. And when I realized, you know, I finally, I was exploring different ways that I could maybe work from home and stumbled upon like, oh my gosh, there's actually ways that I can use what I know to do work from home. And that's just, that was what I wanted for my life at that right now. And so it just, it was really a desire for a complete
1: shift in my lifestyle and the way I was living. Welcome to the podcast for anyone who has been known as that teacher.
2: That teacher who is always dreaming up new ideas. That teacher who has an Instagram account. That teacher who goes on TikTok to share the latest teaching trends. That teacher who isn't afraid to try new things.
1: We're Megan and Alyssa, and we were both known as That Teacher before we started our ed tech company, Pop PD.
2: If you're an educator who's been looking for something more more opportunities to lead, grow, and inspire others. We are here to show you the newest pathways to leadership for modern educators.
1: We'll interview teachers who have taken their leadership beyond the four walls of their classroom to become thought leaders in the online space.
2: You'll hear about the ups and downs of their experience sharing their educator journey online, and we hope you'll be inspired and re-energized by their unique stories. Today, we're excited to have Katie Couples on the show. Katie has been in the education field for over a decade as an elementary teacher, instructional coach, and ELL specialist. Her goal is to help teachers create classrooms where all students feel confident and successful. She's also a pro at building connections and networking, which helped her land her current role as marketing lead at Pop PD. In this episode, we'll be chatting with Katie about how she figured out her niche for her online business, the challenges she faced when starting out, and how she successfully pivoted from Teachers Pay Teachers to online courses and now to freelancing. So grab a cup of coffee and join us for a conversation with Katie Couples on That Teacher. All right, we have Katie here. I'm so excited to have Katie on the podcast. I feel like we're having a little bit of a Pop PD team podcast huddle here. Katie has just joined our team at Pop PD and we're really excited to hear from her how she ended up here and tell you a little bit about the behind the scenes of how she ended up here, which has been pretty like serendipitous, which is nice. Katie, welcome. And we would love for you to start by just kind of telling us a little bit about your journey to being where you are today. You don't have to tell us the whole story, but kind of what what got you interested in the
0: first place in starting an online business? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm so excited to be here and part of Team Pop PD. But to try mm. to summarize this journey, it took me a really long time to start a business. It was something that I never really wanted to do. It, I mean, it's a little bit both. I never wanted to have a business as I was growing up. I was like, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to like make a difference. And it just felt like business was very antithetical uh, to that. I had that mindset that like that's not how we make a difference. We make a difference by teaching and helping and, you know, doing things for free. (laughs) And so (laughs) I finally thought to myself, okay, well, maybe it'd be nice to have a side hustle. You know, I could have some extra income, have a creative outlet, but even that i spent probably five years in that zone of just like, I'm going to do it. But then I never did because part of it was my main expertise was teaching and I was teaching and it just didn't feel like I had the emotional or mental capacity to talk about teaching and think about teaching outside of like my teaching day. I just, I didn't. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? It's like all day long. I'm thinking about teaching. I don't, I didn't want to come home and think and talk about teaching more. And so props to everybody who does, because I know there are a ton of people who are doing that but I just, I couldn't. So my kind of journey then started really when I had my first baby, it was spring of 2020. And the plan was always that I was going to have a baby, have maternity leave, go back to work. But then, you know, 2020 did not go as planned for anybody. So (laughs) I had my baby. I ended up working from home with her all year, taking a little extra time of maternity leave. And I realized at that point, I didn't want to go back to the classroom. I had liked being home with her and I wanted to keep being home with her. So I was able to be approved for one year of unpaid leave through my district. So I like had my position still, but it was like not guaranteed to be the same one. It was kind of tricky, but really great. So I was able to take a year off. And at that point, I finally had this space from teaching where I was like, okay, I miss the education space. I miss teaching. I want to get reconnected with it. And also like had this desire to build something of my own, now being at home with my daughter. And so I finally started my business. I started off with, I pretty much joined THU right off the bat, and I started Katie Couples Teaching, which was all about classroom community and social emotional learning and supporting elementary teachers with bringing those to life in their classrooms.
1: And can we just clarify that Teacher Hustle, THU is Teacher Hustle University, yes. which is Alyssa's <laughs> online course, just for anybody who's popping in here that's new. Yeah. Um, just to clarify her I course heard. on starting your own business.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can, it's so funny. I remember Katie, you coming into Teacher Hustle University because our daughters are almost exactly the same age. Right. And so we were both going through that working from home with the baby, like trying to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. And, Uh, So I remember distinctly you coming in. And the other thing I remember about you coming into Teacher Hustle University is I always say like you have to have in order to be successful with your online business as a side hustle at first, you have to have this desire to learn you can desire to have an online business, but there's a big difference between somebody who desires to have an online business and someone who's ready to learn and implement and do it. And I remember you were one of those people right off the bat that like would show up to workshops. And then the next day I'd see on your Instagram, you're implementing that thing. And I feel like there's a little bit of that. You have to be willing to just kind of jump in. And I don't even think it's a willingness. It's like a an acceptance point, like you mentioned. Like mm-hmm. I kind of was thinking about this for you said five years (laughs)
0: literally so long
2: (laughs) what do you think was the was it
0: the pandemic being home with baby like what was the thing that really lit that fire I think it was that and just the you know 2020 was such a shake-up in so many ways and like it never occurred to me that I could really do this work from home. I just, I mean, my parents are both teachers. I was an instructional coach when I came, when I stayed home uh, after maternity leave, like I just, everything in my mind was, this is the path and this is what I'll be doing forever. And when I realized, you know, I finally, I was exploring different ways that I could maybe work from home and stumbled upon like, oh my gosh, there's actually ways that I can use what I know to do work from home. And that's just, that was what I wanted for my life at that right now. And so it just, it was really a desire for a complete shift in my lifestyle and the way I was living.
1: Something you said too was um, even before um, when you were first kind of talking about it is you kind of said you wanted to build something of your own, Mm -hmm. which I think is, is kind of an interesting concept and something that Alyssa and I talk about. And I think we've talked to a lot of teachers about, of, um, even just thinking about why you got into teaching, you wanted to make a difference. It's very outward. It's helping your kids. It's helping like the school that you're in, the other teachers that you work with. It's very external. And that's wonderful. And there's such a great feeling that comes from that. But there's also this sense of kind of doing something that's kind of for you, um, yeah. where you can still help people and still make a difference, but there's a, a different kind of tone to it
0: yeah and it was interesting too, because I mean, in joining t h u and like coming on to teacher like there it's been a, such an interesting way to connect with people at a time when like not only was a pandemic but I was not uh, no longer working outside of the home, <laughs> I was home with my daughter and suddenly I had all these people that was like new connections and new community and that was really, really cool, yeah, it's
1: so what nice talk about that teachergram a little bit, like your experience kind of getting on there because it's its own world, right? So for our teachers who are listening who are on Instagram, you kind of know if you're like a little nervous to dip your toes into it, like talk a little bit about even getting that and kind of how that was part of your business.
2: Yeah, and how how did you decide even what to post on the first day that you posted there?
0: Yeah. Well, I know I did not follow your advice, Alyssa, because specifically in THU, it was like, don't start your Instagram yet. Don't. And I was like, I want to, like, I just want to, which makes sense when you think about where I am now. But I wanted to join Instagram and just be part of the conversation and start connecting it's such an interesting world because sometimes I talk to my husband and I'm like telling him about people and different things. And I'm like, you don't get it. You don't get it. Like, it's just, <laughs> it, there are people that I don't know, but I do know. And now I'm texting with them or, you know, yeah. I'm hopping on zoom to do things with people other teacher business owners. And it's just such a cool community. And I love being able to see what people are doing in their classrooms, how they're supporting their students. I've learned so much, even stepping back, being home now, I'm still learning as an educator. And there are things that if I went into the classroom tomorrow that I would be bringing with me from teacher Instagram that I never learned in PD. And that's just such a cool thing, I think, for teachers today.
2: We almost we talk a lot about how it's kind of an ecosystem of teachers just learning from one another. And oftentimes mm-hmm. people who are starting an Instagram account to share their teaching ideas are also consuming teaching ideas on Instagram and now on TikTok um, and then using those strategies in their classroom so it's just this whole ecosystem and this community how did you decide when you when you came on Instagram to talk about classroom community was it like very clear that that was your thing that was your passion
0: and that's what you had to contribute it was interesting because at first i was like i'm going to talk about literacy like i love literacy i love read alouds writing all that kind of stuff and i was also like i'm like a no classroom management is a strength of mine but it was really when i started to dig into like why I was passionate about teaching, that it felt like, oh, it's this. It's the classroom community. It's those relationships. It's building all of those social-emotional skills. All the things that, I mean, going back to the, like, really cheesy make a difference, change the world. Like, those are the things that do it. And so mm-hmm. it was... Once I realized that that's what my passion was, it was really easy for me to niche down and to say, like, classroom community is what I'm here to talk about. And I do think that for the people that ended up kind of finding me and knowing me, classroom community and my name were kind of that synonymous. You kind of thought of one and then thought of the other, which is really cool.
2: I love that because you built your personal brand right from the beginning. Your Instagram handle was always your name, right?
0: Yeah, I think, oh, partly because I can't think of anything <laughs> different and more exciting. But at the end of the day, it was like, it was, it was me. Yeah, I
2: actually really like that. I went back and forth. I did not have that in the beginning. Megan, yours, your Instagram handle was not your name at first, right? No, it
1: was not. No, it was just the course designer. And then I eventually switched it. I would go back and forth on that. But yeah, I, I, think it's, yeah. I think it's interesting, you know, it's when you're running your own business or you're kind of trying to start this brand. I think maybe on like on one hand you think maybe I'll kind of make it this name and that will this name that's not mine and it'll sound more formal or official and in some ways that's cool and exciting because I get to be my own company so I think there's like an empowerment piece of that but then there's also it's cool to kind of have it be your own name because it's you and there's maybe a little more vul- vulnerability in that of like mm-hmm. okay this is this is me and my brand and my business but in some ways that's really cool because you're kind of putting a stamp on on what you want to do but Katie I, I think with I really liked what you said there about how you kind of went through this thought process and how you actually Mm -hmm. had one idea of what you might start as, and then kind of very quickly had to kind of shift in that. So it sounds like you really had to get back, like kind of go way back to like, why did I start teaching? What then, you know, throughout my teaching career, which was pretty long for you, like, you know, what, what did I end up loving the most and kind of how did that speak to me as a, as a person, not even just as a teacher. So it sounds like that was really kind of a reflective process that then kicked off like the whole, the whole brand, the whole business that you ended up then developing.
0: Yeah, because I started off with like thinking that my pillars were like, um, classroom management and literacy and a couple different things. And then I did like a Voxer coaching session with you, Alyssa. And that's when I kind of was like, oh, okay, I need to like figure this out. And I took a break from Instagram because I jumped in like excited to go and then it was just like, not working. So once I took that break to think through what I really wanted to show up and talk about, that's when that big shift happened for me. And I was able to really hone in on, on that community piece.
2: Katie, what was not working?
0: I felt like I was overwhelmed with like trying to figure out what to post, even though like I was learning and figuring it all out on the back end, just like putting it all out there. I felt like I didn't have a clear direction, I guess. And once I took that step back to realize that why and really like claim my space as like, I'm going to talk about classroom community. Once I, I did that, that was Kind of when it started to click.
2: It's so funny. The fog clears when you give yourself permission to be that really nichey niche. Like I always say that. Like the more niche you are, the more clear you are on this is what I'm talking about, and this is what I'm not talking about. I think that yeah. thing like puts a lane. It puts these this fence around. Here's what I'm for, and here and I'm not. I may know how to do. I may know a lot about literacy. It just not to like to mm-hmm. discredit all of the things that you know. And it's not to say you can't talk about that here, but this mm-hmm. is what I want to get known for first. Yeah. And then if they want to know more about literacy, I can offer that. And I can also offer like here's how literacy connects to classroom community.
1: Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You have to get interesting because you started thinking you'd talk about more stuff, and that actually made it harder for you to know <laughs> what to talk about. Yes. So like, it's yes. kind like of counterintuitive. So, you know, for teachers out there who are thinking, all right, I want to start a business. I'm not quite sure what I want it to be. I'll just kind of talk about a bunch of different stuff. You can certainly do that to kind of maybe see and and investigate what feels right. But the the clinging on to too much can actually limit you because you're not then diving deep into something and really going for it and seeing where that takes you.
0: Yeah, definitely. It was definitely a, a situation of like, once I picked that niche, I really could go that mile deep. I didn't need to be a mile wide. Like I could go a mile deep and I had so much content that I could talk about always. And it was, better than when I was trying to do more.
2: <laughs> I think one mistake that I see teachers, teacher business owners making when they do claim a niche, when they're like, yes, this is okay. This is the thing I'm going to talk about. Is that then they they get sort of stuck in that space and they're not looking to see, is this being received well? Mm-hmm. Do people want this? What's the reaction to this? Is this how... Even just a, maybe your niche is not wrong, but maybe the way you're talking about your niche is wrong. Maybe people aren't calling it classroom community. Maybe they're calling it something else. So mm-hmm. how was your, when you started putting your thought leadership out there about classroom community, how was that received? And then how did that drive the decisions you made going forward?
0: Yeah, I definitely think that classroom community is kind of a buzzword. And so I think people don't always know exactly what it means. And you and I have talked a lot about this, Alyssa, about like people Think What they think classroom community is and do they think they need it? And so thinking about all of those things helped me to and inf- help to inform my messaging about what classroom community was. And I was able to really talk about what it was and what it meant and why it was important. And all of those things helped to bring people in and the thing is is that teachers go into this because they want to make a difference like that's why they're in this job and i think a lot of people in my audience could connect with this feeling of like i want to do more than just teach reading writing and math like that's not i'm not just here to like deliver instruction i'm here to connect like i'm here because i love my my students and i want the best for them in their lives and As teachers, we all know that there's more that we want to do in the day than we have time for. But being able to come up with ways to build that community and foster these connections while still doing all the things you have to do, I think that's what really resonated with my audience.
2: I love that. And if you want to know more about classroom community strategies for your classroom, go over to the extracurricular episode where Katie's going to share all of her tips and tricks on that. I think one important thing about messaging there is to remember that you have to meet your audience where they are. So even Mm -hmm. though like maybe classroom community isn't really what you're getting at, maybe it's a bit deeper or it's like something else, but because your people do call it classroom community, you have to start there. Otherwise Mm -hmm. you could be talking about the right niche, but you just, you called it something that people didn't recognize. So it's, it's that constant back and forth of like checking. How are people receiving this? Are they getting it? If they're not getting it, well, what are they calling it? Um, and finding out more about that. Okay. Now I've got us totally sidetracked on my soapbox about niche. And I said before this podcast that I was going to talk less and let you talk. I can't help myself. I literally can't. All right, Megan, I'm going to toss it to you. What's the
1: next question? All right. Um, So let's talk about what I think is really cool about what you did. And it hints to what you're doing now, which is helping pop PD with some of our social medias. You were excited to get yourself out there. You were excited to kind of hop on Instagram not a lot of people are like that. So that's pretty cool that you kind of took that and ran with it, right? But I think what everyone is dying to know is, okay, so Instagram, you're posting stuff for free. How are you monetizing your expertise, right? You're building a business. It's great to get out there and just start talking. And, and as Alyssa talked about, figure out your niche, figuring out what people want and need. But at a certain point, right, you really want to be bringing in that money. So how did you kind of decide to monetize? You know, do you look at different options? How did, you know, what was that process like for you? Can you walk us through that?
0: Yeah, it's kind of an interesting story because I definitely started out in the TPT world. It was like what felt like the most accessible. I knew how to make resources and I could put them up there and boom. But I quickly decided that I really wanted to create a course. So I started looking at presenting at summits. You know, I did a training for pop PD. I wanted to create this big signature course, but for a lot of reasons, I won't (laughs) dive all into them. It just wasn't the right time for me to make a course over last year. I ended up having, getting pregnant with my second baby, like just so many different things. It was like not going to happen. And I know we hear a lot of stories about like I started my business and it was so successful and it's kind of scary to say, but like that wasn't really my experience. Like I didn't come out the gate and like hit my financial goals. Like I didn't come out the gate and like figure out the perfect way to monetize. I was in the TPT world, but it wasn't enough. And since I wasn't making my course and it didn't seem like now with two children at home with me, that was going to happen anytime soon. I had to figure out another way to monetize my business and Around that time when I was trying to figure out, I was thinking, like, should I do workshops? Like, maybe I can do, like, live workshops every month on different topics. Or maybe I can, like, do different coaching things. I'm an instructional coach. I realized what one of the things that was taking away my time from the one thing that was making money in my business, which was TPT, was that I was so in love with the marketing side of things. Like, I just had fun making my graphics. I had fun with the strategy of posting on Instagram. I had fun with email marketing. Like that's where I wanted to spend my time. And I realized that I didn't have to fight that. Like if that's what I wanted to do with my time and my business, why don't I just create my business around that? And so that's why I'm actually mid pivot into becoming solely a freelancer. I'll sell my TPT store, but I don't plan to make any more resources at this time. I probably won't make any more courses or trainings. I just don't have the capacity within my schedule. And so I'm focusing on supporting teachers with their social media strategy. I love that. And then on the,
2: on the behind the scenes on the pop PD side, how this looked for us, I was all, I always have my eye on the teacher hustle university members who get social media because I'm always like, oh, they get it. How's this going to go? I think there's, not that everybody doesn't get it, but there is sort of like a natural knowing to when somebody has the marketing brain, versus like for some it's, it's really a constant learning. And for some it just clicks and they're off and running. And I'm always like watching to see kind of what's going on there. So I, I always had my eye on you. But then <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so creepy. <laughs> but then um let's see. So on the pop PD side, when we first started, we had Coach Laura in as our marketing lead, who was my marketing manager at Teach Hustle University. So she kind of shifted in with us and she was doing that for, I'm sure she would mind us sharing, but she was doing that for a couple of clients and then she ended up going full time. And so we were a little bit panicked because she had been with Pop PD since the beginning and we are such a small team. We do not have time to like pass the torch to someone else we just didn't, we needed to just pass the torch and have the person keep running not like slow down at all and Laura said you know Katie just reached out and had asked us for some testimonials on her marketing because you had been doing some marketing some UGC content
1: mm-hmm. for
2: Pop PD so i would love for the people who are listening and thinking about oh you know what i might want to be doing do some freelancing That's a big leap for you from like, I just started this business to I'm going to go over to pop PD and create UGC, which we can talk about what that even is. And, and then I'm going to ask them for a testimonial, all very brave, big steps. And then when we needed somebody, your name popped right up and we had already seen you, you had already done, done some work for us. And it was all of the right, like little steps and just that forward motion. And then here we are, you know, working together. Um, yeah. You're our marketing lead. So tell us what I that what that was all like. And how did you keep making those moves when it was probably scary?
0: Yeah, it was. I mean, I've thought a lot about how just joining or starting a business when I finally did joining THU you know, hopping on board with pop PD. When you first shared about that, I was like this, I want to be part of pop PD. Like this sounds really cool. And so I was like, I'm going to just support it in all the ways that I can, which was creating UGC. So making reels and content for, um, for Laura and getting those posted yeah. on the pop
1: PD account. Can, can I jump and, in and just uh, say for people who yeah. don't know that UGC is user generated content, because yes. unlike these two marketing ladies, <laughs> when Alyssa talks about people who don't have the marketing bone. That's your girl right <laughs> So just for anyone who's feeling like you're so great on me. the socials, you can have other skills too, okay? I didn't yeah. know what UGC was. These two were talking about it for a while, and I'm like, yeah, UGC, okay. So, Yes. And you know you what? I had to to insert, I'm ahead. sorry to interrupt, Katie. No, no you're doing The people need to know, okay? They and needs to people need to know.
2: I actually think it's good. I'm gonna let you finish, Katie, but I think we should talk about UGC after as like a uh a possible freelancing path because I think it's something that's pretty it's pretty new. It's not new, but it's pretty new as far as like being a very popular strategy for companies, especially who don't have a face for the brand. So when Katie talks about creating reels and things for us, it's because with Pop PD. Megan and I did not want to be the faces of Pop PD. We wanted our coaches to be the faces. So one of the first mm-hmm. things we did, we went into the coach Facebook group and said, hey, we need reels. We need you know, you to give some tips that we can post on stories and, and little yeah. clips from your videos. And so some of our coaches jumped right in and did that. And companies pay. For UGC. They, they will pay you per video if you can get the results. So we yeah. sort of said to our coaches, hey, we'll like give you some incentives and we'll give you testimonials if your
0: stuff performs well so that you can go and do this for other companies. So pass back to you. That's right. what you were doing. <laughs> So I was doing that for Poppy D and just having fun with it, really. I mean, that's like all of these little things were hinting at that this pivot was necessary for me all throughout my business journey was like, I want to create the UGC. It's fun for me. And then when I had that realization and started thinking like, well, maybe I should just do that. I thought about what do I need to get started? And that was kind of like a whole month of like, gears turning. How do you freelance? Like, what does that mean? And I was reaching out to people that I knew from a Russell university or people I connected with on teacher Instagram, like just those connections and asking them for support or advice or tips. And, um, I realized that, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need some testimonials. How do I get that? And realized that maybe I could ask Laura. Um, I also had another friend who was just starting a teacher Instagram page, And so I offered to support her in return for some testimonials. And so those two kind of things were happening simultaneously. And my goal was like, okay, I'm going to get these testimonials. I'm going to like put myself out there and ask people, you know, Hey, does anybody need help with social media? And then it turned out that asking Laura, the marketing lead for pop PD for support turned into this position with you guys. And so it, is, it's all, like you said, it's all those little steps. It was not necessarily what I anticipated, but it was putting myself out there and doing something that felt kind of scary that helped me to get to where I am now, which is where I want to be.
2: And to just, I think, keep taking the steps even when you don't understand what they mean for your end journey. You, you didn't know that you were going to be here at any no. given point, but yet you just kept doing what felt right and that you loved and leaning into that. And then here you are. I think that's the big, biggest lesson and such an incredible journey. And I think so many opportunities for teacher, uh, teachers who have these skill sets. I know we say this over and over, but you have all of these skill sets that play in. Even when you think about classroom community. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that informs, I know, because we've been working together on community in POP PD, your work in classroom community translates over to us as a company trying to create a community and nurture a community. Yeah. These skills that you would never think that that would cross, but it really does. Totally.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think we're going to keep keep hearing that. I think that's probably going to be one of the, the biggest things as we you know continue on with this new podcast of the people who are, you know, that teacher are the ones who have something. There, there's something in you, and usually there's more than one thing, right? And I think a lot of us, uh, you know, in our teaching careers, think, "Well, I'm just in education, or I'm just doing this." But as you just kind of talked about, Kate, okay, there's so many ways you kind of ebbed and flowed into different parts of your teaching career and your different topics and things that you were interested in and it's led you in a direction you totally didn't expect. So it's really kind of following that and just really leaning into what, what am I, what do I find myself really excited about and interested Mm -hmm. in and just kind of doing something, starting with one thing. That's what you did, right? You started with one thing and then it led to another and another. And it's Mm -hmm. really cool um, to see how that can build on itself.
0: And as somebody who is like, A recovering perfectionist always wants to have the plan, like wants to know where it's headed. It has been very interesting watching this unfold because it's never what I would have imagined when I started my business ever. You know, I thought I would be doing PDs and making courses and that coming from someone who never wanted to have a business to realizing that I really liked marketing for businesses. It was a really big, (laughs) uh, just a huge just mindset shift for me and how and everything. So it's been quite the journey. You know what's
2: interesting that you said there? I think there's something to be said about that because I I always wanted a business. I never wanted to be the face of a business. I still to this day don't really like being the face of the business. I On the Teacher Hustle University side, I like posting on Instagram. I find that enjoyable because it feels like a small community of people who are a millennial minivan driving mom who loves 90s music and french fries so i feel good there but like i'm not i don't feel good on tiktok i still don't i love watching tiktok i will i watch it for way too long but i don't like showing up there because it's too much visibility for me so i think there's something to be said about like i don't want a business or i don't want this part of this business doesn't mean You can't be here and you can't do anything. It just means you, you got to like find that pocket that feels good. And for mm-hmm. you, freelancing, it is having a business. But the thing about freelancing, I'm sorry, but I have to get on my soapbox for a minute. The thing about <laughs> freelancing, and I've been talking with Katie about this, you do not need a ton of marketing. You don't need to follow mm-hmm. the same marketing strategies that people who are trying to get a course out or TPT products out do because you don't need volume. We monopolized yeah. Katie's time. So that she can hardly take any other clients. And that's one client. That is just one person you had to get. So you don't have the business parts of like feeling like you constantly are trying to acquire new customers. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a business, like that is a big business lift, but with freelancing, you can just have a a handful of clients or one. (laughs) And Every time Katie puts her offers out, I'm like, nope, nope. She's ours. Can we give her more hours? (laughs) But you you can go about your marketing in a more like authentic way that feels good to you. I do want to, this is a bit of a shift, but I would love to, that since the listeners here are probably trying to create their own content, uh, their reels and and their content for Instagram, any tips or tricks for showing up online? And like, are there challenges you've had to overcome with creating content or like figuring out how to show up online, any tips to help people navigate that?
0: Yeah. I think one of the things is kind of a thread of this conversation is just like just putting yourself out there and starting because it's always, if you are new to like making reels, for example, it's always going to feel a little like scary to start, but it gets easier as you go. I remember the first time I remember the first time I recorded stories where I was talking to the camera and I was like, I'm going to like talk about this book that I just read just for fun. And I'm going to, and it was excruciatingly awkward, (laughs) but it gets so much easier as you go on. So I think like the number one thing is just start. And the more that you do it, it gets easier as far as like actual strategy and things that have helped me. One thing, I mean, of course, having your pillars and knowing what you're going to show up to talk about was really helpful for me. And then always knowing what I was trying to do with my content. So if I was trying to market a lead magnet, or market a post, or I was just trying to build connection, like always having a purpose and having a pillar, both of those things. And then having that call to action before I kind of started creating was helpful. As far as The actual creation piece. I mean, of course, this could be like a million podcast episodes just in this, but I think some of the most helpful things for me were trying not to consume too much. Like, if I consumed too much, I would get kind of um, dizzy with ideas, but I would kind of go through and save different audios or save different um, reels that I really liked that could inspire what I wanted to do on my page. And then I would go back to that list of things I wanted to talk about. And it was interesting because I realized as I was going through, every time I got stuck and didn't know what to post, I just went back into my Instagram page like of, of a couple months, six months, even a year back. It was like, what did I really like talking about? And whether it was a post that did really well – And I wanted to repurpose it, or even it was a post that like, it just missed for whatever reason, because you know, that's how reels can be sometimes it missed, but it was something I was really passionate about. And I wanted to bring to light again, I just recycled and repurposed, I was talking about the same stuff all the time. And of course, infusing new strategies and things to help support the teachers who are following me, but I was talking about the same stuff all the time. And that's really, you think that you don't, you think you should be talking about lots of different things or always coming up with new ideas, but you don't have to, you can go back to what you've already shared. I repurposed my Instagram posts into emails and emails and Instagram posts just, and I was really bad at having long form content. I like did blog, but not very often because I wanted to be on Instagram. You can totally just bring all of your content from different platforms from the past to the present. It doesn't have to be always reinventing the wheel. Actually, love that
2: you said that. I don't love that you said that. Like, I was bad. I didn't have long form content because <laughs> what's good about that is you leaned into what you loved. You loved to create yeah. on Instagram, but the the great thing to understand is like, okay, well, Instagram can be the main place that I'm creating content because that's where I feel good. But I know because I'm in Teach Russell University that so like I need that long form content for SEO, not because mm-hmm. somebody told me to do it, but because it actually is good for my marketing strategy. So now let me take what I'm good at, Instagram posts. Let me turn that into some some SEO content. It's like, mm-hmm. let f- figure out where you love to be and then understand what you need in your marketing strategy to actually make it work. And then kind of like leverage that to make the other part easier. I love the way that you did that. And I think these ideas of like staying organized around your marketing. You talked about content p- you are a very like operations minded marketer. So like staying close to those content pillars, understanding what your call to action is, all of that stuff keeps you aligned and consistent. And mm-hmm. you talked about like you're repeating yourself. That's actually the number one best thing you can do in marketing is to
0: repeat yourself mm-hmm.
2: because people see a fraction of what you're posting, mm-hmm. they do, definitely do not remember it and they are categorizing you in their mind. And so every time you repeat yourself, repeat yourself, you're solidifying that categorization in the mind. In fact, um, for my recent, um, I'm doing a workshop and I recycled every single post from the last time I did the workshop only because I don't really have time. I took it word for word, which I wouldn't technically suggest. I would technically suggest to like <laughs> jazz it up a bit, but I didn't have time. You think anybody yeah. has been like, oh, Alyssa, you already posted that five years ago. Like, why would you do that again? Yeah. No, they no, don't even no know. Five days ago, they wouldn't even notice. Totally. Yeah. It's a great tip. Oh, my gosh. I feel like we've gotten so many great marketing nuggets, good business yes. pathway nuggets. Megan, the, the tracker, what else do we have for her?
1: Well, I think we should go into our final lightning round questions before yes. we end. So we're going to um, wrap up each of our interviews after all of the juicy tips and tricks with just a couple of questions to kind of um, close things out that I think are, are useful. So um, our first one is going to be, what is your favorite business book, Katie?
0: And I have a terrible answer to this because I need to read more business books. <laughs> I feel like as a, I became a business owner when i was a new mom and i just like didn't have time to read business books but i did a lot of podcast listening but i also this is kind of a cheating answer because they're not really business related but i do love reading and rereading Brené Brown's books and yeah. i think even though they're not of course business books i fully believe that the work that i'm doing on myself is helping me to better show up as a business owner and balance the work of my personal and family life so not really a business book at all but highly recommend highly highly recommend <laughs>
1: I'm a big believer that um, actually anything, I think this is true for the classroom and for businesses, that actually you get some of your most creative ideas about how to run your classroom, your business from things that are kind of like adjacent or really like not totally related to that actual core competency, but really have to do sometimes with psychology or
0: relationships
1: Mm -hmm. or mindset or you know a variety of topics so I think that's a that's a great answer and Alyssa we're gonna have to add podcasts to this one too because podcasts totally count if you've got a kid you know running around sometimes you just gotta throw the earbuds in and do that instead of the book yes absolutely what are your podcasts
0: like tell us spill it what are your favorite podcasts oh my gosh other than teachers a podcast obviously I listen to Amy Porterfield's podcast, um, the Gold Digger podcast. I'm trying to think of a lot of them are like other teacher business owners, like the Thriving Teacher podcast, mm-hmm. if I can think of all their names, Market Scale Grow, The Terrific Teacherpreneur, like all of those ones. Yeah the not so empty entrepreneur, just uh, I learned so many things just from listening to those. My biggest challenge was then like integrating it. it was like, okay, I listened to that thing while I was walking or holding the laundry. But now I need to remember that thing that I learned. And like you said, Megan, even if I'm listening to something that or reading something that is not business related or teaching related, I feel like I had to read it multiple times because my brain was going in two different directions. Like how do I implement this as a human being in my own life, but also like I'm thinking about all of these ways to turn this into like content. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. a separate thing. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Well, you're preaching to the choir because that's what we're... Listen and I talk about every single day about PD. We're trying to really zero in on that. Like, how mm-hmm. do I take what I'm... This amazing content that I'm kind of, you know, absorbing and actually yeah. and turn that into action. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we totally get you on that. It's a lot and it is a lot to take in as a business owner. So I think that, yeah. you know, absorb what you can, find find a lot of great stuff. But also, you know, you mentioned this with the social is kind of narrowing and listening to, you know, the voices that you like best and then just doing doing what you can to implement yeah. what you can. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, lightning round. Let's go, let's go. I know, lightning. (laughs) (laughs) We're the worst at this.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, the next one is favorite social media platform. I think we already know your answer, but go for it. Instagram. Instagram. We'll have that one be our actual lightning fast. And then the last one, we'll use this to wrap up. What is the best piece of business advice that you have ever received?
0: I think the biggest one is just that there really is room for everybody. And that if even if you're in the same niche as somebody else, it's okay, because you have something unique to offer, you have your own voice and to feel power in that because I definitely had the imposter syndrome coming onto Instagram, like, there are people who have huge followings talking about some of the very really similar things that I'm talking about, but like, who am I to share? So knowing that like, I have my own experience as my own voice that that still makes what I have to share valuable. And then I mean, thinking about my pivot that it's okay to try it's okay to change your mind and it's okay to do something different as you're going along. So true.
2: When you play that over and over and over, that'll (laughs) that imposter syndrome will creep up when you least
1: expect it, man. Every
2: single time. Yeah. Oh, Katie, this was really fun. Thank you
1: so much for coming on. Yes.
2: We adore you. And if you want to hear Katie's um, strategies for classroom community and how she is kind of weaving that into what she does extracurricular podcast. She'll give you all the tips and tricks and we appreciate you. Thank you, Megan and Katie, and we'll see you in the next episode. That's good. Thank you. If you had a light bulb moment during this episode or thought of an idea to share, join us inside our podcast community to tell us your thoughts on both the extracurricular and that teacher podcast. We have a space for you to comment and chat with one another about each episode. We'll also pop in with a fun question every Sunday night, like, what's your most embarrassing teaching moment? We believe that sharing our experiences as educators is what keeps us moving, learning, and experiencing more of a sense of connection. You can join us inside the community to access all the podcast episodes, bonus content, and discussion prompts at poppd.co slash podcasts.